Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual this week is Peter Smith. Peter, as you'll know, is the Chief Rugby League Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post and he also contributes match reports and news stories to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. Now, in what's been a massive week, I think it's fair to say, for Rugby League, we're amazingly not going to start with Wakefield's massive win at Wire, or Warrington as they are these days, or the fact that Toulouse pulled off one of the biggest shocks in Super League history when they beat St Helens, the supposedly unbeatable side of the competition. And I think there's only one place to start this week, Peter, and that's with Richard Agar's resignation at Leeds Rhinos. Yeah, I guess so. It's obviously been the big news story of the last few days. Um, it wasn't entirely a shock, was it, given that... Um, Leeds had another bad result last week against Salford. Um, another poor performance. There was no sign of a response to the previous week against Hull, which was was pretty diabolical, showing um, something clearly had to change. And um, I think Richard Agar's done the honourable thing and said that he, he can't take the team any further. By resigning, he's obviously paved the way to um, to stay at the club in a different role something that the club were quite keen for him to do. I think that would have been difficult if they'd had to sack him as coach. But obviously, now he's resigned, um, there's no hard feelings or any bitterness on either side. Um, he actually did a press conference sitting alongside the chief executive, Gary Hetherington, on Tuesday, which is, is quite unusual, really. I, I don't. Sorry, on Monday. I don't recall a, a coach who's stepped down doing a press conference like that before mm. um, and it'll be interesting now to see what happens next obviously the, the AGR era is over Jamie Jones-Buchanan's been brought in as interim coach I think that raised a few eyebrows when it was announced but it's a good appointment in my opinion nobody's more passionate about Leeds Rhinos and Jamie Jones-Buchanan and to my mind that's what the, the team needs they need a change of attitude. I don't think it's lack of ability. I don't think there's too many technical problems, really. But the team are a team of good players who aren't, aren't playing well. And I wouldn't say they're not trying. I don't think that's the case. But, but they're not seemed motivated. You would have expected a response after the whole game when they went to Salford. And there just wasn't one. When things go against them, heads drop. They can't find a way of um, turning things around. And I think maybe that's something that, that Jonesy, just through his, his personality, he's a very infectious personality. He's um, very competitive. He's a winner. Um, he's really passionate about rugby league and about Leeds and particularly about Leeds Rhinos. And I just think if you can't be inspired by somebody like Jamie Jones Buchanan, then you're in the wrong job, really. Mm. I'm sure he will get the players playing with a smile on the face and they're good, certainly good enough to be picking up wins in terms of the, the talent they've got in the team. So if he can just, just get them enjoying themselves and, and being happy about the rugby, I think we will see results improve. Um, tough start, obviously. Cass at home in the Challenge Cup on Saturday. Cass are going to have a few players back for that one. And I think Cass are in better form than Leeds, even though both teams have an, an equally disappointing record and um, five defeats from six games. But 
I think Castle will be very tough opposition this week, and then St Helens at home the week after isn't isn't going to be easy. But um, maybe in a way it's a free hit. Nobody will expect Leeds to win the Saints game certainly. So perhaps that buys um, Jones a little bit of time to get his message across. But um, I think we can only wish him all the very best. He's a, a club legend. As, as they say, part of the golden generation. And I think he's a good appointment and um, all the very best to him. Yeah, I'd certainly echo the things you've said there, Peter. Remember back in the day when we used to do the sin bin for the Yorkshire Evening Post, which was like a digital TV programme, wasn't it? Uh, Jonesy was a, somebody who used to come into the studio and speak to us about the game and about the rhinos and, and in general. And, and in some ways... Uh, we had a, probably a little uh, role in in launching the the media side of his career, and and as you say, it, obviously back then he was a very successful player, but he hadn't moved on to the other side of his career then, and he's taken to that side of things superbly, and obviously he's made an impression, headingly behind the scenes in the time he's been working for Richard and the team, and uh, you know certainly wish him well. He's a, he's a great guy, as you say. You can't fail to be bowled over when you meet him, and and you know the way he talks about the game, on TV and in general, and how he's written about it in the past. You know he he clearly loves the game, and he's he's well loved at the club and the sport in general. Obviously, highly decorated and pretty much won everything there is to win and played for his country. And and as you pointed out, and I think I already wrote it earlier in the week as well. If you if you can't be enthused or emboldened by JJB, then you might as well give up and go home. And I thought that was a great point that you made. And, um, you know, certainly that side of things, uh, you know, people know Jonesy and they'll be wanting to, I'm sure to, I'm not saying they didn't for Rich Agar, but they'll, they'll obviously be wanting to make an impression and, and get him off to a good start. Even if it ultimately turns out at this moment in time, he's holding the fort for somebody else a, a bit more experienced. But who knows if, you know, gets a, two or three good results under his belt, then, you know, Leeds have, in the past, we've seen that Gary Hetherington's been willing to give it to people within the club or people that he knows who have played for the club or have worked with him before, haven't they? So, uh, you know, in that regard, uh, Jones is in a, in a good position despite his relative inexperience as a head coach. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how the next few weeks go. You know, when we were chatting earlier in the week, I said to you, having seen the lead result on Friday night, that I thought maybe Richard go on Saturday and when he didn't, I thought they may be just trying one more week to try and get through in the Challenge Cup. And when the news came through on Monday, ultimately wasn't a surprise. I think he was probably getting to the position where each time Leeds lost or had a bad performance, he was always going to be like one game away from the sack, as it were. And, and as you say, this way, uh, it's worked out for himself and Leeds and, and he's shown... Uh, that is an honourable guy and uh, I know I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say you've always had a good relationship with Rich and and he's always seems to have come across where whichever club he's been at as a, as a good guy and a knowledgeable guy and you'll always have on his CV that uh, that he won the Challenge Cup with Leeds and got them out of a hole let's face it the whole sports had a difficult few years and clubs like Leeds in particular um, with the loss of revenue and everything through Covid and playing behind closed doors and all the challenges that COVID itself brought. So he, despite the recent slump, I think, you know, he can certainly 
hold his head up and say, you know, I, I did my best at Leeds and I did a good job in my time there overall? I think he can. Yeah, he's certainly steadied the ship. Um, I think he's accepted that he wasn't going to take them any further. Yeah. Um, judging by his remarks at, at the press conference, he said he's not getting enough out of the players for um, for whatever reason. I always think the players, as I did, as we spoke about last season, with Chris Chester at Wakefield, I think the players have to take a lot of responsibility. Um, when Chris Ch- Chester left Wakefield, suddenly the performances yeah. from the same players in, improved. I think if... Um, I think, in a in a way, players in this situation get off a little bit lightly. The, the Leeds team is a lot better than it's been showing and, and players aren't playing well. They need to look at themselves. But having said that, it's easy to get rid of one person, i.e. the coach, than a whole team full of them, yeah. isn't it? The book always stops with the coach. Richard Agar, again, in his press conference, said that he, he took full responsibility. Um, and... You know, it's not an easy thing to do, is it? To say, well, I'm, I'm not getting the results I wanted. I'm, uh, the, the job's not going the way I'd like it to. I'm going to step aside. I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for, for being big enough to make that decision. As for what happens now, well, we'll have to wait and see. Interim suggests um, temporary. And Jamie Jones Buchanan is the interim head coach of Leeds Rhinos. Leeds say that they'll starting looking for a for a head coach and they've they've begun that search with a blank sheet of paper i would imagine that they do have people in mind the plan always was as they said last year for richard agar at some stage to move upstairs and someone else to come in as as coach you'd think they've probably got someone identified and someone in mind the difference is, though, that they weren't expecting that to happen six games into the season. That would clearly be something that, that occurred at the end of the campaign. Um, a lot of names being banded about, some more realistic than others. I know that Ryan Carr, the Australian who had a season in charge of Featherstone a few years ago before the COVID, um, COVID pandemic struck, and who was also assistant to Richard Agar at Leeds during that time. He's very highly rated by Leeds, and he's somebody that they've identified as a potential future head coach at the club. He's currently coaching in Australia in a, a lower-grade um, side at Parramatta. Um, I think he'd be a very good appointment. He's he's young, he's not coached a team at the top level before, but very highly rated, and I know... I know um, people at Leeds believe he is someone who is is capable of um, of doing a good job as a head coach. Um, I think Tony Smith is an interesting mm. name in the frame. He's, I believe, out of contract at Hull KR at the end of this season. Obviously, coached Leeds before a long time ago. He left in 2007, but he's done a good job at Hull KR. He's a very talented coach and um, I think he could certainly take Leeds forward whether he'd want to come back to Leeds I don't know it's a it's a big job um, it's one of the best jobs in the game if it was available I think he'd consider it but um, Hulkar obviously will be very keen to keep him um, other names being banded out as about as well people like Danny Ward I think Danny Ward um was certainly someone that uh, was on Castleford's radar before Lee 
Radford was appointed. Um, I know he's happy in the south of England. I, b- I believe his family has settled there. Um, obviously, he was coach of uh, London Broncos for a while. So that that might come into it. Um, I, I don't know whether Leeds will be looking in that direction. It would be fascinating if they did, um, with his father, David, also having coached yeah. Leeds in the uh, in the pre-Rhinos days. That would make a bit of history. There are plenty of good contenders out there, but I think you've got to throw James Jones Buchanan into the mix as well, because if they win six of the next eight games um, or have a, a good run like that, then he'll obviously have staked, um, staked a claim for the role. He's I've spoken to him a couple of times since his appointment was his appointment rather was announced, and he's said, you know, they, he just wants what's best for the club. Um, and when Jonesy says that, I believe him. Um, he says that you know he'd willingly step aside if someone who can do a better job comes along. Um, he's he's young. He's only um, forty. He's at the start of his coaching journey, so he's got time on his side. This is going to be valuable experience for him. And um, now, if someone else comes in, then I think he could still remain at the club and, and go back to a, an assistant coaching role and gain more experience that way. But uh, it's a great opportunity for him to stake a claim. And um, I think he'll do a good job. And people I've spoken to think he'll do a good job. Um, the club obviously think he's, um, he's the right man for it at this stage. So um, it's it's in his hands, really. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a fascinating couple of weeks, unless, of course, Leeds suddenly spring it on us all on, on Friday evening or something. But, uh, yeah, there's some interesting names in the frame there, isn't there? Um, I noticed earlier today, uh, Tony Smith and Danny Maguire were absent from Hull KR's press conference and everyone was putting two and two together and coming up with five and saying they were already in Leeds chatting to Gary or they would they'd dodge the press conference because they didn't want to just be asked questions about Leeds and and so on. And and that would be an interesting one. I'm, I'm not always sure that somebody should go back uh, to a club, particularly where they've had a lot of success like Tony did, but the pull of the Leeds name is obviously huge. And also, there you know, Danny Maguire and, and JJB, two, two greats of the... Of, of all time at Leeds just starting out in their coaching careers and imagine if they were mentored by Tony t- to be you know the, the coaches of Leeds in the, in two or three years time you know that, that kind of succession plan um, Ryan Carr I, I can remember him from his time at Featherstone and he certainly did a good job and there seemed to be great disappointment when he left there uh, and and obviously you know somebody again Leeds now he's is, is, is had the inside a bit of work on the inside there, hasn't he? And, or someone from the outside, Danny Ward, again, highly rated for the job that he did in London. Uh, I think I was reading the other week, he's a coach at Roslyn Park at the moment, the, the rugby union side down there that were, uh, I think, th- did the Broncos train there or, or, or play on their pitch? I'm, I quite yeah, can't remember. But... I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, put, read too much into that. I think he's just helping them out, yeah. basically, and, and keeping his... His hand in it's a it's a fairly fairly low key appointment that yeah. one. And I, I don't think it would have any bearing on whether he came back into to rugby league or not. Um, no. I'm sure he wants to get back into rugby league, but as I say, the problem is um, he settled in in London. Yeah, so that that would need to um, would need to be 
resolve. But it, I hope he does get a, a gig and soon because he's a great character. Um, he he's different as is Jonesy. Yeah, they're, they're not your your typical coaches. They both um, they both take a, a different approach to to doing things. But sometimes thinking outside the box can be effective. Um, and it makes the game fun, doesn't it? And I think, you know, it's good to have people like Danny Ward and Jonesy around in the sport. They'll certainly liven things up a bit. And I hope, I hope Wardy does get back into coaching sooner rather than um, sooner rather than later. And just one last name, obviously, Peter, who's also on the lead staff and, and one of the greatest players, arguably, of all time, Sean Long. I'm not saying he would mm-hmm. want the top job, but he's, a, he's, another, uh, he's another talent on the Headingley books, isn't he? Um, Somebody capable of. That's an interesting one. You, you, he's got players. a lot more experience as a as um assistant than um than Jonesy has, but I I don't know whether the thinking is well. Jonesy is um going to be more popular with the fans. Yeah. Um. He he's maybe an individual that would rally the fans behind him a little bit more because obviously Sean Sean Long um was for so long associated with Saints at, at a yeah. time of bitter rivalry between um, between Leeds and Saints. Um, I know Sean enjoys it at Leeds. I know he's keen to be a head coach and he'll certainly be someone that's um, that's in the frame, I would imagine. He, he'll go on and, and coach a team in Super League at, um, at some stage. I think that's that's for certain and I would imagine he'll be he'll be throwing his hat in the ring uh, in the ring as well I think they need somebody they've just got to find somebody who who can take the club forward which hasn't really happened over the last few years um, Leeds don't want to be bumping around um, fifth spot in Super League do they? they need to be challenging getting back into grand finals again um, they need to find someone who can who can do that and um, and just String together a more consistent run of results. Um, Richard Agar did a fantastic job last year when Leeds had more adversity than they're facing now in terms of injuries and that sort of thing. Um, and they, they managed to finish fifth, but you just don't get the same sense that um, that things are going to turn around this year. So whoever takes over is going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one of the popular phrases in sport at the moment is a reset, isn't it? And I think uh, it's it's I know they mention it in cricket and football, and it maybe it's it's time, as you say, for rhinos to have a a reset and a fresh pair of eyes at it, and you know, looking both in the short and the and the longer term as well with somebody yeah. who's given a chance to put their stamp on the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, we've we've covered Leeds extensively over the last few minutes but you'll be itching to talk about Wakey and their uh, fantastic win yeah. at Warrington um, last week which has put another old friend of ours um, Darrell Powell under a little bit of pressure third successive win um, defeat sorry for Warrington um, I think if Wakefield can repeat that um, it really will put um, put Darrell on the on the back foot Um Wakey were fantastic last week. What a result for them. Hadn't won at Warrington for a long time. I remember going over when um, James Webster was coach on a Saturday to watch 
Warrington to cover the Warrington against Wakey, and it was eighty nil to um, to Warrington. Yeah. So that was a very a very dark day, but um, fantastic last week. And you'd expect a response from Warrington, but um, I don't see why Wakey can't go there and repeat it. It would be fantastic for them if they could. I know um, you're desperate to see Wakey in a, a major final, and you know maybe this will be the year. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, I know we've often said on this programme that Wakey are, are capable of, of going to the so-called leading lights and giving them a bloody nose, and, and that was certainly the case last week. Um, it, it was a, I managed to see all of the game, and they, they played really well. Obviously, Mason Lino took a lot of the plaudits for his play around the field and his goal-kicking, and Liam Hood also impressed me for, for Wakefield. Um, somebody who was at Leeds back in the day, wasn't he? But he showed some great strength at close range. I know he scored a, a try at Toulouse, against Toulouse, sorry, the previous week, where he, he kind of barged over in the good old-fashioned hooker style from not far out. And he, he did that again against Warrington. And I just thought, just the whole attitude. and the, the I know we, we spoke last week about Wakefield and the fact that although they'd lost... Um, four of their first five games. They'd been in all those games, hadn't they? And I think even after Saturday, their the points difference is only something like minus 10, which gives you some indication of the fact that they are competitive and have been playing well or, or been in games. And uh, they just sort of kicked on from there, really, against Warrington, didn't they? they? They were in the game and it was nip and tuck, but then in the second half, Wakefield really went away with it. And... and Fully deserved it as well. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody could argue with the result. And great, you know, hopefully bodes well not just for this weekend, but you know, as the season goes on now, that they really can kick on. And right at the end there, when Morgan Escary, who's there on loan at the moment because Max Jowett's banned, uh, when he scored, you know, the players were, you know, really delighted for him and all ran over and celebrated with him. And I just thought that. That showed a great spirit. I know Morgan's been down at Bellevue before, but you know everybody wanted him to do well, and I just thought that was a great sign as well. Just a little thing I picked up on there at the end of the game, uh, you know that there was no sort of oh well, you know, jobs done and that, and we'll all walk back. Everybody was really chuffed for him, and and I thought that spoke volumes about the team and the camp and the attitude, and you know, hopefully, as you say, from there. Wakey can kick on from from Daryl's point of view. They desperately need a win, and typically of Wakey's recent uh, cup performances, you'd probably expect Warrington to pay them back on Saturday. But then again, Wakey have nothing to lose. It's arguably another free hit, and if Warrington let Wakefield play like they did on Saturday, then it'll be Trinity going through again. Yeah, yeah. Other game to mention: um, Featherstone at Catalans. Not a great draw for Featherston, really. They'd want, they would have wanted a Super League team at home to just see where they are really in their push for promotion. They've got one of the best Super League teams away from home. It's in, it's in France, and it's two thirty on a Saturday afternoon. And I understand that they're travelling on the day, so that's going to be a very early start for them. Um, but again, nothing to lose. I think they can go out and give it a good crack. Um, there was a remarkable result last week when Featherston, who beaten Batley 
the previous week drew 2020 at Batley in, in a championship rematch. Um, I think they rested a few players that day, but that might have just given them a, a little bit of a kick up the backside. And I think they'll go to um, to the south of France and give a good account of themselves. They want to be playing teams like Catalan every week next season, so it's a great opportunity for them. And um, just the other thing to mention, this week's big news was Will Price's 10-game ban for um, a dangerous tackle playing for Huddersfield at Hull yeah. on Sunday. I was at the game and didn't get that good a, a view of it. Um, there were players sort of obscuring the view, but having seen it, um, replays of it since, that shocking tackle. I I don't think um, Will Price intended to hurt Connor Wynn, but he, he picked him up and dumped him. And it's, it's a, a very dangerous thing to do. Um, I was surprised that um, the RFL disciplinary handed him such a long ban, but it's difficult to argue with that. You can't have that sort of thing going on in the sport. It needs to be eradicated, and the way to do that is by handing out um, long bans. I just hope that um, they will be consistent. If we see similar tackles like that, they'll, they'll attract a similar punishment, whoever commit them. Um, fortunately, we don't see tackles like that too often. I can't remember, uh, remember seeing many as bad as that. Um, it's a lesson for Will. He's only 18. He's an outstanding talent. I know a lot of NRL clubs are already looking at him. He's got a very, very big future in the game. Um, I think this is just part of the learning process. It is obviously a steep ban in a 27-round league season to be suspended for 10 matches is is a lot. Um, but he's just going to have to um, to have to accept it, I think, and. Um, make sure he learns from it. I'm sure he'll come back stronger. Yeah, I, I again, I just saw the highlights of the incident, and you know, it was a, a terrible tackler, rush of blood to the head or whatever. I, I don't know really what had gone on. It started off as a, a fairly conventional tackle, didn't it? And then all of a sudden went into a throw, and, and anything can happen from there. And as you say, as much as much as for the actual action itself, it's it's the message to the game that you just cannot do this anymore. And if you do, you'll get ten games. Or, as you say, the word we always mention: consistency from the disciplinary. You know, if it if it did happen again, and hopefully, obviously, it won't, then the next perpetrator gets ten games too. But when you consider some of the bans that have been handed out this season, um, for other shall we say, more minor matters than that, then I suppose they really did have to throw the book at Will Price. And it, it surprised me in terms of, you know, I've not really seen that side of his game. Obviously, he's highly skillful and highly rated and exciting to watch. And it's a real shame, uh, you know, for fans of Huddersfield and neutrals that we're not going to see him now for the next 10 weeks or 10 matches at least. And, and that's a real shame. But, um, you know, hopefully, as you say, he'll learn from... From his mistake this time, I think he was obviously very distraught afterwards and realised he'd made a mistake. And I'm sure the club will rally round him and look after him, and make sure that you know when he comes back, he can get on with his career. Which, as you say, if it, he's the son of Leon, who had a, a a brilliant career, didn't he? And I'm sure will will go on and and do the same as his dad did, um, and hopefully a lesson not just for him but for all players that that kind of play. Just can't happen anymore. Okay, Peter, I think with that we'll uh, call it a draw for this week. 
thanks again for your comments and your insight, particularly into the Rhinos. Um, obviously, we'll keep an eye on JJB and how he goes and whether Leeds do bring someone in. And I'm sure as soon as they do, um, we'll be back here to discuss it. But for now, um, we'll say goodbye. Just a reminder that you can get the very latest news and views from our two websites, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk and yorkshirepost.co.uk. And Peter's Twitter handle at Peter Smith, YEP, and my own at Richard Byron, YEP. And also from the two Twitter, Twitter sites at YP Sport and YEP Sports Desk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon.